And now, your prayer intentions with author Peter and Jimmy. Hello and welcome to another edition of Your Prayer Intentions. We're here to talk a little bit of interviews and some praying for your prayer intentions. I want to start by uh, saying that, sorry, there was a bit of a snafu on the uh, event at St. Bernard's this week. This type of thing does happen occasionally. But there's still plenty of other devotions, plenty of other prayers as we uh, surge forward into ordinary time. The time between now and the beginning of Advent, where we just deal with ordinary life, ordinary things, and the readings from Scripture, where once again we take Christ through his ministry until we get to the time before his birth, and we take in the lessons, the basic lessons of Christianity. And Christianity has some basic lessons. And the most basic lesson of Christianity actually came from a reading before Christ's passion, but while he's still in the uh, temple and they're questioning him, trying to find a way to trip him up. And it's one of my favorite New Testament readings. I'm going to touch on it slightly today because it's it's one of those passages that I think speak of hope. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a few seconds. But it's always good to see that things are not all what they have been that you know you expect certain responses you respect certain things you respect you know and you find out that things are not always black and white in terms of oh these people are all evil these people are this these people are that and the passage i want to read to you is from mark this is mark chapter 12 and he's he's just silenced the sadducees and one of the scribes comes up to Jesus after this. And we're going to start on verse 28. One of the scribes, when he came forward and heard them him disputing and saw how well he answered them, then asked him, what is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, the first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying he is one and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And I always like that because, you know, obviously we have this look at the Pharisees and we, and our pastor at St. Bernard's often talks about how, you know, Pharisees and priests after, after the crucifixion were among those who followed Christ. And we have this image of the Pharisees as these horrible people. And some doubtless were, 
Some who were very visible in their religion but didn't really believe in the scribes the same way. And Jesus came down hard on the scribes and Pharisees. But notice this one over here. Not only does he acknowledge this Christ's answer, but he expands on it himself, noting that to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all the birth offerings and sacrifices. In other words, Christianity is about the love of God and love of neighbor. If you get those two things right, you're doing okay. And I've mentioned this in the past, that sometimes we get very involved in a particular in a particular devotion, like the devotion to the Holy Face we brought up, and that's a very good devotion. There's the devotion to the seven sorrows. My youngest son has a devotion to the seven sorrows. Very good devotion. Devotion to the Sacred Heart, very good devotion. I mean, there's, there are so many very good devotions out there. And they all bring you closer to Christ, and if you want to try one or try many of them, that's great. But remember this. All of these devotions are meant to bring you closer to Christ. And all of them are meant to get you to do the two things on the list. The love of God and the love of neighbor. These devotions are not required to do love of God and love of neighbor. They should help any devotion to any saint or anything. All should be about helping them to you to get to that point. Love of God, love of neighbor. The trick is to make sure those devotions do not become an idol where the devotion is more important than the actual goal. And that's what we have to watch out for ourselves because sometimes we make idols without even meaning to. That's a danger and that's something we have to watch out for. Read that passage in Mark again when you get a chance and keep that in mind. Well, now we've got an interview. We haven't had an interview for a while. And this is actually the last interview of all of the interviews I've recorded. This is with Michael Manley. His book is The Resurrection Network. And here's part one of that interview right now. Okay, and we are here for another conversation with Catholic authors. And today we are talking with Michael Manley. Michael, thanks for being on the show. Peter, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Let's start a little bit with your background. I understand that you have a background in psychology and, and as a psychologist. Yes, uh, way back when, uh, I was a, a psychologist at a uh, heroin clinic in Newark, New Jersey, and had, was there for many years, um, and that kind of got me started dealing with, uh, dealing with people and getting to know people in a very personal way. I just got a master's from Seton Hall, which is in South Orange, New Jersey, and that was uh, kind of like one of the first jobs I got after getting that degree. So it was very, very rewarding and very frustrating, and yet that's what I did for several years. All right, and now you've retired after, after that and other, other professions, and that's when you decided to start writing. Why did you decide to start writing after retirement? You know, I always like stories. I think stories are magical. Stories can change hearts and minds. And I'd always have uh, a story going on in my mind. Uh, even over the years, I always think of things. I see a situation and try to put a story behind it. So uh, I started putting these together when my, when my wife said, Mike, write it down. 
maybe people were interested in hearing about your stories. So I started to outline a few, and I have uh, two published and a few more coming out, and I uh, also put a screenplay together also. So I like the idea of creating characters, realistic characters, coming up with snazzy dialogue, meaningful dialogue, and putting together a story that I think I would like to read. Now, to what degree has your Catholic faith informed your storytelling? That's key. Because the stories that I have in my mind and on paper are stories about people whose lives are transformed. And in one book I, I wrote, the life is transformed by confession. Going to penance, having a good, whole, wholesome confession. I don't go into it in the book. I just say she met with Father and, you know, they talk for hours. So uh, transformation in terms of how God's healing power can work. Another book that I wrote, it has to do with how chastity can, can work. Uh, in the book, The Alley, uh, there's no sex, a little bit of violence, people get shot, but no cuss words, but it's about people who kind of fall in love the old-fashioned way through, through thinking and talking and just verbalization with each other. All right, let's start in reverse order. You mentioned, the, since you mentioned the, the title of the second book, The Alley, tell us about The Alley. The Alley occurs um, such 20 years ago. When a guy's walking through an alley at night, and as he walks through the alley, he hears a, a girl screaming. He runs back and finds a dead body. So, um, and then the following day, he gets shot. This is a young kid who gets shot. So then we, we move ahead 20 years when he, he's an FBI. And so uh, we're dealing with this guy who has issues from the past, the murder mystery that was never solved. But then he's assigned a case 20 years later, and he finds out that three people who were murdered were in the alley 20 years previously at that first murder. And that starts his whole finding himself, meeting a, a psychologist who's a female, and how they interact in solving this murder, and how they kind of fall in love and have these, these thoughts about each other, and how they make notes of, that this could be the right person for me, the wrong person. And so a solving crime, falling in love, talking, and just being boy and girl. As a Catholic whodunit, so to speak. Well, I like to think that way. As, as my wife has said, you know, uh, if there's no cursing and, and if there's no sex, she said, I'll read it, and she loved it. <laughs> and that's, the, that's, the, that's the harshest critic of them all. Well, I'll tell you, she's rough. She is rough. She, she makes sure I, I, I'm right on the line there, you know, so that's good. Now, when you started thinking about writing the book, did your wife encourage you on this? She encouraged me because she thought I, 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 I tell good stories, and I make up good stories. I make up good characters, and I make up good plot lines. And she's one who encouraged me to do it. She said, you have to do it for yourself and for those people who might want to read it later. All right. And so the alley, you have the uh, whodunit, the story of the, of the murders that took place in the alley and the FBI psychologist. The other book you have with you today is The Resurrection Network. Now, that one came first, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 the alley came first. Oh, I stand corrected. Uh, actually, it's kind of odd because I always have a couple of stories going on at the same time. It's like whichever one I happen to finish that day. The Resurrection Network is a real ethical, moral stance on the quality of life. It has to do with a, a, an auto accident, very sick baby, do not resuscitate, uh, and yet a group of doctors who feel compelled to do something uh, against the law to save this child. And also another physician who was an abortion doctor, and 
how she fits into all of this and how they work together and how the, the, they find out there's a whole group of people who basically resurrect these babies who would die. They, and they resurrect and keep them in safe houses. So it it's, uh, has to do with confession and that's the key thing. Uh, a, a heart changing moment and how when you put it together, life is really important. So that's what the Resurrection Network is all about. So you have these two books. You start writing after retirement. Your wife encourages you. You finish the first book. Now comes trying to find readers, trying to find people with an interest. How did you go about that? I mean, okay, uh, th that's always a, a, a good question. Uh, uh, actually, um, I, I phone libraries, I phone bookstores to do book signings and lectures. Now, when I do a lecture, uh, I think if people are going to get something for their, just to show up. I talk about character formation. I talk about, uh, you know, how, how do you create a bad guy? What sort of psychological dynamics go into creating a bad guy? What sort of psychological dynamics go into having a person's heart change? And that's based upon my background. I understand a lot of this stuff. So I talk about keeping your character in character for the entire story, having your dialogue for that character be realistic to the diagnosis that we give him. Now, as a psychologist, this is important. That's, that's very important because that seems to give continuity and realism to all the characters. And I try to make the situations uh, uh, realistic. Uh, I try to make them uh, uh, forgivable. I try to make the people real, real, honest-to-goodness folks that we can meet and identify with all along. I want to say another thing. I do have a screenplay out there, which is also has to do with forgiveness and probably more importantly, the inability of someone to forgive themselves even though they realize God has forgiven them. I did actually did a series of shows on forgiveness, and one of them was about forgiving yourself and how hard it is to forgive yourself, even though if God, who is judge of all, is willing to forgive you, who are you to uh, contradict God? You know, we think no matter who we are, you know, Satan gets involved in our lives. We have to, we have to go back to basics. Satan is there, and he tries to tell us that we should be ashamed of our actions. That if we do something wrong, it's not that we've made a mistake, it's that we are the mistake. We should be, have shame for that. And that's what enables us to hang on to those feelings of, um, uh, of, of shame, those feelings of anxiety, those feelings of, of constantly condemning ourselves and not forgiving ourselves. Even though we realize in our heart we should, we think that what we have done is unforgivable. Although Jesus and God says, your sins are forgiven. It's hard for us because of our pride to give that up. Now, when you go, you've talked about how you go to Catholic so bookstores and the like, and you'll give lectures and audiences. Are these primarily Catholic audiences or just the general book reading public? Uh, I, I go to the reading public because it's so hard to find a Catholic audience, you know, as such. Uh, uh, I go to large bookstores, uh, top top bookstores, and they'll they'll give me a, a desk and they'll give me an afternoon and I'll do a presentation and have books out and answer questions. But you know what? It's selling the book. That's important. But you know what? If I could do something to change someone's heart at that moment, I really believe that my interaction with someone is more important than the dollar. And so I always try to look for the person who's coming to the to listen to the talk who might have something on their head, something that they have to struggle with. So I try to reach out to them, not in, in the midst of everyone there, but if I can pull them aside or maybe talk quietly or say something positive, to try to make their life a little bit better for that day. So your faith really informs your presentations? 
No, that's what I have. That's who I am. That's what I've done. My wife and I have given and been on maybe, we've presided over 700 teen prayer sessions. We've given maybe 80 retreats over the years, weekend retreats. So we are, we are God's people. And we know that. And to the point that we can make that real in someone else's life, that's what we do. We've been blessed immeasurably, immeasurably. And we know it, and this is not our way of reaching out, but it's a blessing that we have. And we'll have part two of that interview next week. Now let's get to our prayers and our intentions. We have a prayer request for a young man who's dealing with sickle cell anemia and having some problems. We have a young lady who's having some issues, both physically and mental. We have a young man who's finishing a honeymoon. Prayers for him and his wife. A gentleman who is very sick and has had to withdraw from some activities. A prayer for a private intention. Private intention. And I want to offer a prayer of thanksgiving for all that I have received from God myself. I've been blessed very much. It's important to remember to pray in thanks, not just prayers in requests. Our standard prayer requests want to pray for uh, Nancy, for Mary, for Luke, for the intentions of the uh, donors to WQPH, for the local pastors, and again, thanks to all of our donors who keep us going. Prayer requests for Bethany, Chris, and Eliza as well. And now let's go, since we're in an ordinary time, let's start with the, let's go with the second mystery of light because we're starting over. So we'll go with the wedding of Cana. Well, we're going to begin this. Oh, and I want to throw in a prayer for the Los Angeles Dodgers who are making a very bad mistake as concerning our faith. I'm going to pray for that Dodgers organization. Someone's got to pray for them. And we're going to make this prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second mystery of light is the miracle at Cana. We offer thee, O Lord Jesus, the seventh decade in honor of the miracle at Cana. And we ask of thee, through this mystery and through the intercession of our Holy Mother, respect for marriage and our marital vows. Our Father, what in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us in this now and the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now with the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now with the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now with the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now with the hour of death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls into heaven, especially those who are most need of thy mercy. May the grace and mystery of the wedding at Cana come down to our souls. Amen. And now these prayers are for the intentions of the Holy Father, for those doing the indulgence calendar. Glory be to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the day of battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan. And all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. We pray this as we pray for everything that we pray for. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now in the couple of minutes I have before we, we get to our closing prayers, I want to Put a little bug in your ear. And I want you to think about having some masses said for the living. Pope Benedict the fifteenth, not the sixteenth, talked about how a mass for those living is worth far more than the masses for the dead. Not that we should neglect the souls in purgatory. We need to pray for the souls in purgatory and saying masses for the souls in purgatory is a very kind thing to do. But let's get some of those graces for people who are still alive so maybe they can dodge purgatory and perhaps even dodge hell. Let's give them a hand there while they still have a chance to help themselves as well. And now our closing prayer, which we're going to pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God of mercy, as we reach out to those seeking you, Send forth your Holy Spirit upon this show, upon this station, upon all the stations that carry our show, and upon all the listeners to renew us in faith. Enable us to share the good news of the gospel with loving words and caring deeds so that those who have fallen away can be drawn back to your church to follow the way of Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the light. We make our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we pray it in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this show just flew by. So we will be back next week. For more prayer, for more thought, the second part of that last interview, and more. Till then, this is Peter and Jimmy saying goodbye, and God bless from your prayer intentions. On the WQPH community calendar. If you get a chance, 
swing down to St. Bernard's Parish at St. Camilla's Church on Mechanic Street in Fitchburg, and at the entrance, there are envelopes with the names of bishops. And we, we talked about adopt a bishop. There are prayer cards and stuff that you can grab so that you can adopt a bishop to pray for. They're sitting there right at the entrance of the church. If you walk in, you look to the right just before the confessional, they're on a little table. So if you want to do the adopt a bishop, go down to the church there, get an envelope, get the prayer cards, and adopt a bishop to pray for. The country needs your prayers, and the bishops who are going to shepherd us through this time, no matter how this time ends, are going to need it more because they're going to be the ones who will help us to get to where we need to go as the princes of Christ. So go down there and, get, and grab one and adopt a bishop or just pray for a bishop on your own. On the WQPH 89.3 FM community calendar, St. Bernard's Parish at St. Camillus Church in Mechanic Street in Fitchburg is looking for adorers for their days of adoration. Adoration is currently Monday after the 8.30 a.m. daily mass till 7 p.m. and Tuesdays after the 8.30 Mass till 4 p.m. They're also looking for adorers on Sundays that'll be running from after the 8 a.m. Mass till after the 6 p.m. Mass on Sundays. If you have an interest in doing adoration on either of those days or in the Sunday adorations, email us at wqph893 at comcast.net that's wqph893 at comcast.net subject line adoration this has been the wqph 89.3 fm community calendar this is peter and jemmy host of your prayer intentions every saturday here on 89.3 wqph shirley fitchburg do you have a prayer request that you'd like me to pray for or perhaps the whole community well include that prayer request in an email Specify if you want it on air or off, and email that prayer request to WQPH893 at Comcast.net. Let me repeat that. It's WQPH893 at Comcast.net, and we will pray for you. If you have an urgent request that you're looking for immediate prayer, tweet me directly at the Tech Guy blog on Twitter or the Tech Guy blog on Gab. God bless you.